Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Rebecca Matz, who says parents don't need to worry so much about their children's educational choices. The older I get and the longer I live, the more I realize that is true. I need to trust God. I need to make the best decisions I can and then leave it in his hands because he's got a plan. Rebecca Matt next. Rebecca Matt says some families are committed to one educational option for their kids and stay with it. But she's quick to add that doesn't describe her family. She hopes to encourage families struggling with this issue that there can be more than one right decision and ultimately God's plans for your child won't be derailed. Rebecca is an educator, which includes being a homeschool mom and a writer. Today, we're discussing her piece, Why You Don't Need to Worry So Much About Your Schooling Choices. Rebecca, since we're talking about education, uh, first tell us about your education, the kinds of educating you've done, and even about your kids' educations. My own background was strictly with public schooling. Um, I think maybe a lot of us can say that. Um, I did not grow up Christian. I was not in a Christian home. Also, I had um, kind of a, uh, it's not a real stable childhood. So I actually went to about 10 different public schools in four states before high school. So um, lots of experience in that area. Um, I've always loved teaching. I've always loved writing. Um, So I became a writer right after college. But then I went back to school to get my certification to teach because I just love teaching and I wanted to teach high school. So I got certified. I ended up teaching in a public school here in my city and um, I taught English. Um, It was a it was a good experience. um, But at at the time, uh, I had recently gotten married and had my first child and English teachers notoriously teach. Uh, it's not just a 40-hour work week. It's a lot more than that. And I thought, oh, I don't want to be a new mom and be an, a high school English teacher. So um, I did uh, quit my teaching job and went back to writing, which I could do freelance from my home. And so um, we ended up homeschooling. My husband and I talked about it. We had recently become Christians. We prayed about it. And it just felt so right for us to homeschool. Our son ended up homeschooling uh, with all four of our kids. However, um, we we fully intended to homeschool the whole way through with all of them. But God um, throws us some curveballs sometimes. And I think um, our kids do too. Mm-hmm. Um, turned out they weren't all alike. They didn't all need the exact same thing. And to my my second uh, two boys, my two youngest, um, it became clear earlier on in their educational journey that they were maybe needing something a little bit different. Um, also, my two boys, those two younger ones were kind of like oil and water in our household. And so it was really hard for me to teach both of them 
at the same time in the same household, whereas with my two older ones, it had been much easier. So my husband and I began to think, well, you know, maybe we need to do something different here. Maybe our full 100% commitment to homeschooling is not necessarily the way we're going to continue this. So with those two boys, um, we put our youngest son in public school. Now, we had researched private Christian schooling. I loved the idea of it, but we just couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. A lot of families find themselves in that position. So even though there were many great options uh, here for them in a private Christian school, they were not options for us financially. So we are fortunate enough to live in a, quote, good district, which means it's a safe district. It's a district that scores well on standardized testing. I thought, okay, well, you know, should we try it? Some of my neighbors homeschool, I mean, uh, use the public schools. And so I talked to those neighbors and said, what do you think about our school here in the neighborhood? And they gave me their honest feedback. So we put our youngest and he um, did well for two years. Hit fourth grade, um, things started to kind of fall apart. And uh, his teacher was quite what we had wanted for him. Um, he wasn't doing as well. I could tell emotionally he wasn't. And so we started talking some more and deciding what to do with him. And at the same time, his brother was strongly wanting to go to public school for eighth grade and into high school. He did not want to homeschool anymore. So we started thinking maybe we have the wrong son mm. in school. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should bring him home and put the other son in school. And that's exactly what happened. So we took our younger son out. We put our middle son in and uh, that's how it stayed. So that younger son is going to graduate pretty soon from homeschool. And my middle son has already graduated from public school. Um, So we've kind of done a lot of different things depending on our family situation, depending Mm -hmm on our financial situation and our particular kids. Okay. Well, that's a great introduction to uh, your article, why you don't need to worry so much about your schooling choices. You've got quite a variety in your own background and then in your your, your kids and what you're doing there. And, and you write that some parents struggle every year with their kids' educational choices. Mm-hmm. In other words, as you said, it's great, if you know, and, and maybe a lot of people do. They say, well, I'm going to do this or that or the other with their education, but some are constantly reevaluating every year. Why is that? Why, why is there, I don't know, some might say, why, why the indecision? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And actually, um, as a homeschooler, I had a lot of friends who literally every summer took a look at their homeschool year and said, is this something we want to continue? Now, in my experience, we were committed from the beginning to homeschooling. So we weren't really doing that for a long time, for many years, until we started running into difficulties with our two youngest boys. Mm -hmm. But I do know a lot of families who did it every summer. And honestly, it worked fine for them to do that. I mean, um, I know those families for many uh, years now, and those kids are adults um, or in college. And, you know, it worked out fine for them to kind of reevaluate. And sometimes they would change up what they were doing. 
Well, Rebecca, you say that some parents uh, may carry or do carry the burden, believing their educational choices for their kids have tremendous irreversible consequences. And of course, especially when the kids are little, be easy to think that whatever I do here, this is either this could really mess them up or this is going to set them on the right course and I better make the right choice right now. And, and you're, you're kind of trying to unburden parents of that. Talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I definitely want to encourage parents that the choices they make are not irreversible. They're not going to, um, they don't have to make the quote right decision right now. I know parents who have children who are not even in preschool who are really struggling with these decisions. And I can just see the burden on them. I see the worry on their faces. Often it's the moms who really feel like they have to make that right choice. And I just want to encourage them Yes, do your research. Definitely pray about this. Uh, pray about it with your spouse. Take it seriously, but also know that everything is not on your shoulders at this moment in time. The choices you make are reversible. You can choose to homeschool and you can change your mind. You can say, you know, we live in a great district. I'm going to try out the public schools because my neighbor's kids are doing really well. Let's see what that's like. And you can change your mind. Mm -hmm. The same with private Christian school. Like we can afford it this year, but I'm not sure if we'll be able to continue to afford it. That's okay, too. Um, your kids are probably more resilient than you think they are. Um, I know I was. Uh, I went to a whole lot of different schools and um, I was pretty resilient. Kids are pretty adaptable. And the older your kids get, the better you get to know them. The more you begin to understand what they need from their schooling, what you can provide for them and what you can't. Um, and I, I really think over the course of time, I hope what parents can do is just learn to trust God more with their kids. Um, you know, Proverbs tells us to not lean on our own understanding, but to trust the Lord. And I think we all can say that, oh, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to trust God with everything. But then when it really comes down to it, that's very hard to do. We very much want to lean on our own understanding. Um, and again, you know, like I say, do your research, think about it, but ultimately, you've got to trust God that he's got a plan for your child and that you are not going to derail that plan uh, no matter what you do. Uh, that plan is going to happen for your child. And it may not look like what you think it will going into it, um, but it's going to happen. And he can work with whatever decision you make. Well, Rebecca, uh, you uh, also talk in your piece, and I appreciate what you just said, that uh, God is going to do what he's going to do, and, and he works with our imperfect decisions all the time. Uh, and, and you put parents' educational choices in perspective of the scripture that says, uh, we must decrease, he must increase, we must decrease. So you're saying that the focus needs to be more on him and less on us in the whole issue of our kids' educational choices. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's just really true of the Christian life in general, I think. 
Um, we tend to really believe that we're a whole lot more important than we actually are. Um, that every single thing we do is, is critical, that we must make the right decision. Um, it can lead to a kind of paralysis. Mm -hmm. It can lead to a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And of course, this is not to say that, you know, we shouldn't be thoughtful and we shouldn't seek God's guidance. Um, and seek other people's uh, wisdom on a lot of issues, including schooling. But I just really, when I wrote this, I wanted to ease the burden on parents, um, just because I had known so many moms, so many Christian moms who just felt filled with anxiety. And I, I think also, um, and this is, this is kind of a a touchy subject in today's culture, but I'm just, I'm going to go there. I went there in my article and I'll do it again. Okay. I'm just going to say the words public school. Okay. I get it. I'm living in the same country. All the other Christians are living in. I get it. Um, I know that it can be a very scary thought. However, in my experience, um, I've used the public schools. I've taught in them. I've subbed in them somewhat recently. I also have good friends who either teach in public schools or have their kids going to public schools, good Christian friends of mine. So um, I'm not going to say they're not without problems. They are very much have a lot of problems, but sometimes in your life, you, you might find yourself in need of them. I know of families who have lost an income who's uh, one of the parents or sometimes both have lost a job or been drastically reduced in income and somebody has to go to work full time. Also, you don't know what life has in store for you in terms of your marriage. Um, and you might find yourself in need of saying, okay, I have to send my child to school. I'm not going to be able to homeschool and I cannot afford a Christian school. Or maybe you live in an area where there isn't a Christian school available to you or one that's, uh, that you're comfortable with. So, and, and, uh, and here's another reason that I think people sometimes don't always think of. Um, sometimes the public schools are very useful for parents of kids who have special needs. And the Christian private school in their area is not really equipped to deal with their child who has special needs. And they, as a potential homeschooler, are also not equipped to deal with a special needs child. And the public schools have um, a lot of things in place um, with special school districts that provide a lot of resources and services for kids with special needs of all kinds. So those are other reasons why uh, sometimes you might have that as an option. And one thing that um, I did all the way through my schooling with my homeschooled kids. And again, I just want to stress, we were firmly committed to homeschooling. We were not going to go any other way. But the whole time, I was really conscious of not bad-mouthing the public schools to my kids mm -hmm. for several reasons. One, because they had some kids who were friends of theirs who went to public schools. Uh, we had people in our church who use the public schools. And also I did not know what God had in store for my own family. 
And I thought, well, if my kids ever end up going, I don't want to have them being fearful of it or worried about it because of something I put into their heads. And so I was really careful to not speak badly about any other schooling method to my kids. I was enthusiastic about our homeschooling, but I didn't just randomly um, kind of spout off about other methods of schooling. I kind of kept that to myself or talked about it with my husband or something, but not in front of my kids. Mm. Well, I appreciate that, Rebecca. Rebecca Mott is my guest today on His People. She she is a homeschool mom, as she mentioned. She's also been a public high school uh, teacher, and she has recently even, she said, uh, substituted in, in a public uh, elementary school, and her kids have uh, obviously been homeschooled, but a couple of them have also gone to the public school. So she's, she's quite a range of uh, educational experiences uh, to bring to bear here. And Rebecca, you write about many things that you've learned about schooling choices for kids through the years. You've just obviously been talking about quite a bit of it there. But I'd like to ask you about just a few things in our time left. You say, and you're an example of this, it's okay to try out public, private, or homeschooling for a year and see how it goes. In other words, don't feel like you've got to do this for the rest of their schooling. If it doesn't work, switch. Yeah. And and again, I've known people who've done this. Um, We did this with our own youngest son, he was in uh, school for about two and three quarters years. So that's another thing. You can pull them out mid-year. Um, I think it's really important to know the laws in your state. You need to be familiar with um, uh, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, which I'm sure almost all homeschoolers are familiar with. Um, you can go to their website. They can tell you the laws in your state for either for, well, for pulling your kid out of school. They won't tell you the laws for putting them in, but the, your local public school can tell you that. Um, so you can pull them out at any time if you feel it's necessary. And we did that mid-year. Um, if you do pull them out, it's really important to be aware that um, you need a time of de-schooling, which is a term that homeschoolers use to Uh, talk about a time to sort of decompress after being in school. Um, And basically for every year they've been in school, you want to take about a month to de-school, which means that you do schooling things around the house, but they don't look like real strict academics. Mm. Um, Give your child a chance to readjust. But the thing is kids, kids do readjust. They are, um, they are resilient. They do adapt. And, um, Sometimes you might find that a child has a pretty strong opinion about their schooling. Now, depending on their age and their maturity, that's how much weight you might give to that opinion. But it's definitely worth listening to your kids and what they want to do. Um, Listen to them when they talk about their school situation, uh, whether it's being at home or whether it's being in the school, um, because... The older they get, the more mature they are, the more they will probably have good information for you uh, that's worth weighing uh, with your spouse when you're talking about what's best for that particular child. So if you're if one of your children is saying, I really want this particular kind of education and they're doing something else, and depending upon their age, you're saying you would take that you would take that very seriously and consider it seriously, and you might just let them switch. 
honestly, that is exactly what happened uh, with <laughs> her two sons. Um, we did take it seriously. Um, our third child, it's our middle son. He is kind of an outlier in our family. He does not really like academics a whole lot. Um, he's very hands-on kind of learner, kinesthetic, um, very mechanically minded. And he came to us in seventh grade and he said, you know, I, I really am not getting a lot out of homeschooling and I really, really want to go to school. Mm -hmm. I really want to go to public school. Um, so I knew a few parents who had done sort of a hybrid program, which is, that's another option for parents too. You don't have to fully commit a hundred percent to school. A lot of schools, public and private will allow you to do a hybrid program. So you can go to their school for a few hours a day and then homeschool for the other half of the day. So that's another option. But we decided with him, okay, we're going to go ahead and put him in for eighth grade. We wanted him to sort of get that year under his belt before high school. Worked out really well for him. Now, what I will say is it did not make him love academics. Um, turns out that he just doesn't like academics at all, whether it's homeschool or public school. Um, so that was kind of validating for me as a homeschool teacher. It's not like I had messed anything up. Um, but when he was in public school, he had the opportunity to do some things that uh, were available for him that were um, sort of a technical type learning uh, that I could not have done as mm. a homeschool mom. And so that was helpful to him. So yes, we did listen to him. Um, and sometimes even when they're younger, they're, uh, you know, it, it's important to hear their perspective. It's not like you're always going to do what they say, uh, but listen to your kids. Mm -hmm. We found that to be very valuable. And, and I know here we are, we're largely talking about uh, home uh, schooling and public education, and of course, there's private Christian education in here as well. And as you've mentioned, at least for your family, that it was uh, a, a bit uh, cost prohibitive. I know that some Christian schools have scholarships and those kind of things, so there's other aspects of those. And that would private Christian schooling would certainly be part of this uh, discussion as well. Had you done that in your family, but it does sound like that it goes without saying whether whether homeschooling or whether private Christian education or whether uh, the public schools, that you're encouraging parents to extend grace to those who make different choices. Very much so. I, I think and I hope that most people are probably attending churches where uh, you have a variety of schooling options going on. As a matter of fact, if you're in a church where it's all sort of one way, I mean, that's fine. It's just that sometimes that can be not as, um, it can be kind of excluding those who make another choice. So I, I want to encourage those people who are maybe in the minority in their churches uh, using a schooling choice that not a lot of others are using. Um, yeah, we do need to extend grace to one another because parents, families make choices based on a lot of factors. Um like I said before, it's, you know, things like your family situation, um, your income and finances, what's available in your city, the district you live in, your own desire to teach at home. There are some people that just absolutely don't want to homeschool um, and they know it's not for them. And that's totally fine. Um, so 
I think that there is a lot of grace we can give to different families. And I do want to encourage us to not feel guilty about the choices we've made and also not make judgments of others based on the choices that they're making. Well, Rebecca Matt is my guest today, and her article is titled, Why You Don't Need to Worry So Much About Your Schooling Choices. And Rebecca, toward the end of it, and there's more to it, uh, more to your article, but I think we've touched on some of the high points. You say there are some things you recommend parents not do in this regard as they're considering educational choices for their kids. And I'm wondering if you could touch on some of those. Right. So one of them I did touch on, which is um, talking in a negative way about other schooling choices. Uh, you know, uh, talking to your kids about how horrible the public schools are, or maybe that you wouldn't want to ever send them to a private school because it's elitist or whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are kinds of things that you might have in your head that probably should just stay in your head uh, when you're around your kids. Uh, Probably shouldn't be uh, putting that in their heads. Mm -hmm. Save that for your adult conversations. But the other things that I would recommend not doing would be um, making the assumption that whatever you do for your oldest child is what you're going to do for all your kids. I fell into this myself. Uh, This is exactly the assumption I made um, way back at the beginning. I assumed that we were going to be homeschooling the whole time and that even the curriculum that I used for my oldest child, I would just be able to reuse that, save some money, Mm -hmm. use that my kids, everything was going to work out great. And that is not at all what happened. Um, By the time I got to my third child, uh, God had really shown me that he was putting some people in my family that I needed to really rethink this whole thing. Uh, So different curriculum for this child, different way of um, approaching my homeschooling, and then eventually different schooling method altogether. So yeah, making that assumption that whatever is best for your oldest child will work for all of them. It's probably not a good idea. And then the other thing is, and this is true in all of life, um, just really resist that temptation to compare yourself to other families. Uh, Don't look around you at church and think that, oh, this family's got it all together and they, they do this method of schooling and I should try that. Or uh, social media can be a trap when it comes to comparison thinking, oh, this homeschool mom, I need to really try that. Or, oh, these these parents are doing great with this method and I need to do that. Um, try not to compare because it really leads to um, discontent. And that's never a good place to be in the Christian life. The encouragement that you would leave parents for, whether looking at homeschooling or the private schooling, private Christian schooling, public school, is that... Uh, that, that God's ultimately in control and he, as you said, can in one sense work with the decisions that we make. Absolutely. I The older I get and the longer I live, the more I realize that is true. I need to trust God. I need to make the best decisions I can and then leave it in his hands because he's got a plan. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, writer and educator, Rebecca Matt. You can read her piece, Why You Don't Need to Worry So Much About Your Schooling Choices, at greatandnobletasks.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join us again on Monday at this same time for another edition of His People.